it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. We are not watching a confirmation hearing in in Washington, D.C. right now. We are watching woke on full display. Because the warning now is that Republicans have to be wary of air fingers, quote, ganging up on a black woman. I'm I'm sorry, did, are we confirming a Supreme Court justice as every other justice has been confirmed? And if you want equality, if you want fair treatment, then Kentaji Jackson should undergo the same process every other Supreme Court justice went under and went through. The idea that now all of a sudden asking legitimate questions about her views on the Constitution, on sex offenders, pedophiles, child pornography, and I'm going to get into this one on the open border. Because apparently, 25 years ago, she wrote a letter to the editor of the Boston Globe calling a columnist who was against the open border irredeemably evil. And the Washington Free Beacon points out this is not considered, this is considered outside the boundaries of ethics for a court clerk, which is what she was at the time. If we're told we're not allowed to have questions about these things, then what they're really saying is, well, there should be a lower standard for black women. And black women shouldn't have to be questioned like anyone else when it comes to a Supreme Court nomination. You know, Amy Klobuchar, who, by the way, has has introduced Kamala Harris as the first African-American vice president when she's not African-American, was out there just fangirling all over uh, Judge Jackson. Just and just like Cory Booker, who's probably like, girlfriend, we should just get our nails done together. We can go for a salad. I want to point this out, though. I mean, this might make some people uncomfortable. Some people might not be as articulate in describing this. I'm sorry, I said Boston Globe, Boston Herald, Boston Herald, Boston Herald. She apparently took umbrage with a writer in 1997 writing for the Boston Herald who wrote, and I have the column right here in front of me, and what's fascinating is that she's, if we ask her any questions, if anyone asks her any questions about the open border, it's going to be, well, you're ganging up on a black woman. So the column goes like this. The vast majority of white liberals who declare that race is irrelevant somehow end up not living in black neighborhoods or sending their children to predominantly black schools. Apparently, it's all right to act on racial assumptions as long as they are left unspoken. Why must we exacerbate these social ills through unrestrained immigration? Isn't racial strife, crime, and poverty in short supply in short supply that we must import more? With 5% of the world's population, why must we take in half of all the immigration to immigrants to, industrial, to industrialized nations. If the alien inundation is as good for America 
as utopians insist, then why then the more the merrier? Why not? Why the more the merrier? Why stop at one million illegal illegal immigrants and another 500,000 illegals each year? Why not immediately open our doors to 20 million, 30 million? Why opt for a slow suicide when we can just go out with a glorious bang? Why is it all the peoples on earth, out of all the peoples on earth, Americans are not entitled to preserve their cultural and natural uh, national identity? To which she wrote, uh, headline, uh, well, the, I guess the reasoning for the, for the letter. Letter, Fader is as racist as those he condemns. For someone who claims not to consider certain groups morally or intellectually inferior to his own, Don Fader spends much of his column, despite liberals, uh, race does matter, spewing out disagreeable facts about the high crime rate in the black community and denouncing black voters for selecting incompetent, incorrigible, or inebriated leaders. By his own definition, Fader is a racist. To my mind, he's also, like the liberals' purported view of American history, irredeemably evil. So it's irredeemably evil. And he does mention cities run by Democrats. So he brings up Marion Barry. He is not castigating black voters. He is castigating cities run by Democrats. So, Katanji Brown-Jackson, as a law clerk, decided that she would publicly go on record opposing this column. Now, you can say, oh, come on, Andrew, it's a four-letter, you know, four-line, five-line letter from 25 years ago. But apparently... She took it personal. She was upset that he wrote a column pointing out that the open border. Now this, look, we're still talking about this, right? And we're still saying the same things about how many people cross the border legally, how many people cross the border illegally. You know, you know when, do, when do we ask ourselves how many is too many? Other nations put caps on immigration. They do not want a majority foreign-born population. All of these things. These are legitimate questions. And now we're being told to have any questions about her beliefs and her views on the Constitution is, quote-unquote, Republicans ganging up on a black woman. So now, I guess, Josh Hawley is the... uh, is the uh, is the enemy because he's also asked questions about her belief on sentencing those convicted of crimes of child pornography possession and pedophilia. Well, some are saying, well, you know, this is pretty typical. Well, tell us why. If there are federal guidelines... If prosecutors make suggestions and she feels in a way that those are too harsh, please explain to us before you sit on the Supreme Court for life what your views are on pedophilia and why you feel somewhat sympathetic to pedophiles. Now, I understand she's made statements about um, the ease of access to uh, child pornography in the Internet age versus I guess, acquiring it at some other point in in history. But I want to read to you from Alexander Bolton's piece at The Hill. 
Quote, Brian Fallon, executive director of Demand Justice, what he leaves out is that he was actually the press secretary for the Clinton campaign, so he comes right out of Clinton world. A progressive advocacy group that strongly supports Jackson accused Republicans of spinning up conspiracy theories to derail her nomination. Republicans have gone from promising a dignified proceeding to leveling Pizzagate-style attacks against Judge Jackson. The criticisms have been so widely debunked that anyone who still pursues this line of questioning at this point is only debasing themselves, he said, referring to a conspiracy theory that during the 2016 presidential race that the Democrat, that Democratic elites were running a child sex ring out of the basement of a D.C. pizzeria. This leaves senators not in the confirmation hearings wondering just how nasty the fight will get this week. McConnell has to be worried that Hawley and others might make Republicans look too extreme. He wants to present a more benign view of the party leading in the 2022 elections. He's not going to want people uh, to come on too strong. I don't understand. A Senate Republican aide, however, said McConnell believes anything in her record, including her alleged pattern of handing out sentences for child pornography offenses below federal sentencing guidelines, is fair game for debate. Speaking on the floor Monday, McConnell called the nominee a likable person who's reached impressive heights in the legal profession. Okay. But when did, when did this become something we have no right to ask her about? A background briefing document compiled by Republicans on the Senate Judiciary Committee states that Jackson is a law student at Harvard University advocated for softer treatment of sex criminals. The document asserted that Jackson in a 1996 Harvard Law Review article suggested it's improper to notify communities that an individual has been convicted of a sex crime and criticize court decisions punishing sex offenders. The document also highlighted seven child pornography cases in which Jackson as a district judge sentenced offenders to fewer months in jail than what government prosecutors recommended. The document noted that in five of those cases, the offensive carried the statutory uh, minimum sentences and Jackson gave the defendant minimum sentence in three, while prosecutors were sent, uh, requested sentences above the minimum in all but one case. Legal art experts argue that judges often hand out sentences below the advisory guidelines in child pornography cases and point out there's a debate in the legal community about whether the guidelines are out of step with the ease of sharing pornographic images in the digital age. Okay. But that, that doesn't mean we can't ask questions. Why can't we ask questions about what she thinks, what she feels, what she believes? Douglas Berman, a law professor at Ohio State University, pointed out when Jackson was on the U.S. Sentencing Commission, she was part of a bipartisan commission that expressed concern about how statutory mandatory minimums function. He explained that federal judges don't have discretion to sentence a defendant below a statutory minimum, but can depart from advisory guidelines. Well, this, this is fair game. How is this not fair game? How is this something you go, well, wait a second. Now, let me ask you this. If Katanji Jackson, uh, Brown Jackson were, let's say, Brett Kavanaugh, in other words, was not a potential first black woman on the court, but was just a middle-aged white male and believed the same things or had ruled in the same way, would we expect that questions wouldn't be raised about what his view what his view on child pornography is. I mean, 
Does she think being a pedophile is a sexual minority? It's an orientation. Well, some people believe that. Some people believe that's, that's, that this is a question of sexual orientation and must be given minority status. Others believe it is completely criminal, whether it is a mental you know, disorder or not. So isn't it kind of fair that we find out what a Supreme Court justice feels on this, in this avenue, on this issue? Why not? Again, if we were talking about a middle-aged white male and there was a question about deference toward or going easy on sex offenders, pedophiles, and child pornographers, whether producers or consumers, I think we would all want those questions answered. And as the piece says that Republicans have to be concerned about giving off the appearance of ganging up on a black woman, no one is ganging up on a black woman. They are asking legitimate questions of somebody who has been nominated to the Supreme Court of the United States. And it's nice that yesterday they spent a lot of time on her backstory. We heard about teachers that believed in her and all this other stuff. That's great. You know, unlike with Brett Kavanaugh, where his entire family was dragged through the mud by the Democrats, now you're not allowed to ask questions. You can join me live on the Will Count Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon West, on Sirius XM Patriot, Channel 125.